Hey everybody, welcome to us the episode for AEW Dynamite. We are covering this week's AEW Dynamite um, for the day of 6 slash 6 slash 22. So yeah, we're going to, I got my uh, co-host on, Randall. And for Randall, for those who don't know who you are, tell them what you represent your company. Well, you know, I represent HBCW. You know, we'll be having some uh, some upcoming matches here in Orlando in August, the 20th and 21st. We'll be announcing some uh, some of the people who will be in that, uh, some people who may be familiar to the podcast. Too. So <laughs> stay tuned for that. Big things popping. And little things stopping, balling and suckers. Loser isn't uh, losing isn't an option, in the words of Mister T I T I P Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's hop into it. It was quite the uh, doozy, I would say, for AEW this week. It was, um, yeah. Interesting. It, it was quite interesting. So let's start with the, the way they started off. Initially, we're going to set the table here. AEW had, you know, you know, you know, um, CM Punk was injured. He went through um, a he's going through a lower leg injury. We don't know the specific time or date that he'll come back, but we know it's enough for him to get surgery. And um, they had to do a. Tony Khan had to put something together, a battle royal, for us to get a person that was going to go against John Moxley for the interim or interim uh, AEW championship. We talked about the value of what an inter- interim championship is. It was something that we should do or not, but we know AEW is trying to do something different. Let's start off with the battle royal. What were your thoughts, sir, as you watched this battle royal, Mr. Randall? I just want to say that this whole. Uh, title situation is overly complicated for what it probably needs to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to just point out facts here. You have CM Punk is injured. Okay, so then there was a lot of confusion about, okay, did he relinquish the title? Did he not relinquish the title? Are we doing an interim championship? Yeah, okay. So there's going to be a battle royal and they're going to face Moxley and they're going to be the interim champions? No, they're going to face Moxley and whoever wins that match is going to go to the Forbidden Door and face new, someone from New Japan who likely has not had an AEW match at all, is going to compete for the AEW title. So in this Battle Royal here, there was something interesting that I noticed about this Battle Royal, and I don't know how many other people caught on to this. They have a contenders thing where they have five the top five contenders listed. None of them were in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, this, this is the type of thing that WWE was guilty of for years when it came to like King of the Ring where, you know, it's the King of the Ring and then when you see the people who are competing for it, you're like, well, I guess nobody really wants to be the King of the Ring because the top people aren't in the match and uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to somebody very, very uh, a, a big case, uh, an example if you will, about that later but as far as this Battle Royal, I mean they have their format. I'm not going to hate on their format. Their format's their format. They've been doing it for a while. That's their battle royal, their gauntlet-style battle royal. But, I mean, the people in it were, were very underwhelming to me as far as, like, you know, presenting this as, hey, this is, these are the people competing to compete for the interim title. And, you know, none of these with the exception of maybe one or two people in here, none of them are ever going to be the AEW heavyweight champion. Yeah. Yeah. It was really weird, man, because like you talked about, there was no, it was almost like they, they're pretty much going to gift John Moxley, the, the, the championship. Because when, like you said, when you looked at the, the people that were inside the battle Royal and also they tried to do the casino thing, which didn't make sense. Why don't you just do a straight up battle Royal? We, we don't need jokers. I know they always try to do these conceptual things, but it just ended up being very confusion. Um, it, well, it, they're able to stretch out TV time with it. And, and to their defense, 
you know, if that's if that's their style of battle royal that they really want to get across and they believe in that, I, I, I don't have a problem with them using what you know. That's that's basically their thing, right? That's their you know, for lack of a better term, intellectual property. So let them let them get that out there and get the idea out so people understand their battle world because people aren't really going to. It's not going to catch on until people see it more and more and then, you know, get used to it. So I don't, I don't really have a problem with them doing that. But, I mean, yeah, did did anybody... Well, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and continue your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it was just frustrating because, like, you know, and the one thing I put as a note, let me get, get my um, note here. Um, give me one second. Give me one second. Well, I mean, while you're looking for that, I will talk about there. There were a couple things that they threw in here as as spots. I don't know if you were about to touch on that, but mm-hmm. you know, you had um, Keith Lee and Swerve. They came. They, you know, for for those who don't know how the AEW uh, Battle Royal is set up, they, everybody comes out in basically their suite. So the hearts, the clubs, the spades, the diamonds. So when the diamonds get called, four, what is it, four people, five people, how many people come out? Um, was it five people? Five people come out. And then, you know, they basically come out one after the other. Well, Swerve and Keith Lee are a tag team, and they came out together, mm-hmm. and then everything was fine. And then, you know, there's the, well, we have to have a team, somebody from a team turn on the other person in the Battle royal. So they had Swerve eliminate Keith Lee after he eliminated the gun club. So, you know, they, they teased something happening with that. But this that story is underdeveloped at best because these people just started teaming together like at two months ago at most, right? So we're, we're having a team turn on each other for no apparent reason. You know, yeah, that that kind of pissed me off. Uh, I want to get into that, but uh, so this is what I said: Why is John Silver in the Battle Royal? Thank you. He is literally like Scotty to Hottie. Um, <laughs> um, he's like Scotty to Hottie, even a Funaki type level type guy. Maybe Funaki is a little higher, but like John Silver has no has no has no has no business being towards the top of the card. And it's like it, it why didn't you put Wardlow or MJF or anyone else? Uh, you know, or apparently Daniel Bryan is hurt as well. So it looked like it, they didn't utilize it correctly. If they were just using it as a tool to get Moxley, that hey, whoever just so you know whoever wins this is going to lose to Moxley, I get it. They accomplished it. But um other than that, uh, you know, there, there was a, there was a reason that it, it just didn't, and it was too long. It was too plotty. And, and then this is my other thing. I'm not trying to make it a racial thing, even though we're called wrestling while black. <laughs> I didn't like, like uh, name a black baby face outside of, uh, the Athena who just came to the AEW name a black baby face. No, swerve, no, swerve, no, swerve is, swerve is a, swerve is now a heel based off that behavior. I mean, is he? I mean, you've seen Tex. It's not like he's... It, I mean, Rikishi eliminated too cool in the 2001 Rumble and was still a baby face. I mean, I don't, I don't think that they... I don't think that they really have a plan on turning him heel immediately. I feel like they just wanted to have a spot where, oh, the tag team partner turned on the other tag team partner. I, I don't know. I mean... Yeah... Uh, but you know you, still, you got Dante Martin, you got Keith Lee. But if you're asking about a successful baby face in the company, there are none. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying, man. It's like um, it's it's uh, it's interesting. So yeah, I didn't like it. That it was, was one of the first conversations that we ever had. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But my thing was, it just, it just was too clunky, all over the place. Didn't have a lot of star power. It was very much, um, it's very much lacking star it power. Was, it was, it was filler. It was designed to to kill some TV time, and and you knew that you you could tell based on the people that were in there why these other people who you would think would be competing for a title. We're not in the match, so yeah, it was it was a bunch of filler. 
it was it was designed to kill some TV time, but you know, you I can understand. Okay, if Danielson's hurt, fine. I guess they did write Samoa Joe off with an injury, as far as you know, at least to at least get him away from him for a week uh, after the pay per view. So they explain, I guess, why Samoa Joe wouldn't have been in there. But all the other guys, when we talk about Hangman Page, Adam Cole. Um, uh, where, where was Jay Lethal? Jay Lethal was like the number four ranked person, I think, at the time. Um, you know, who, Wardlow is the biggest example of why he wasn't in there. And when we get to his segment, yeah, I got something to say about that. Yeah, it just it just lacked a lot of star power. I couldn't believe Kyle O'Reilly actually made it to the final four. What is? I think Tony gets obsessed with certain people and he just locks onto them and they just gonna be gonna use them. He just like with Adam Cole, he like he gets onto these guys and he's like, I'm gonna use this guy. It is nothing about Kyle O'Reilly in terms of personality or panaz that he has that would be will make me excited to see him in, um, for a main event. To be honest, no doubt one of the best wrestlers in AEW. Very physical. Very. Uh, in ring, bar none, amazing performer, no hate at all. But in terms of star power, and you're trying to get people to be interested into the show and to really be uh, invested into this, um, you know, to be to be invested into this uh, product, you need to have more star power. And they lack the tradition. And I really think they should have put. I was really hoping that Swerve would get put over because the dude has nothing has done nothing but hit it out of the park since he's been with AEW. Literally, he's nothing but hit it out the park. And so when you have a person that you can elevate um, and, and bring them to the next level, um, it's just weird that uh, you're using Kyle O'Reilly. But hey, great performer. But just in terms of star power and, you know, and people have even been saying Swerve House, he's got the crowd. They're like, who's House Swerve House? They're buying into the shtick. And um, I just found it interesting that they would use him. Um, and then Willa Yuta as well. I love the fact that they're building him up and getting him there. But again, star power is not there. Yet. He's, he's, he's become he's over. He's definitely over. He's definitely over. Um, he's over to the people who like New Japan and and just want to see people go out there and have 20-minute matches. Yeah. Well, I mean... I, I'm, I'm not here to hate on him. I'm, I'm not saying that he's bad or anything like that. I'm just saying that, you know, I, I don't... I, I've said this several times about several people. I don't understand what it is I'm supposed to like about Wheeler Utah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's out there. He's with these, with these guys. Okay, he can fight, but... I mean, that's, that's not enough to make me get behind him because everybody there reasonably is, is able to perform at a certain level. So, because remember, they're all elite, right? If they're all elite, what separates one person from another? I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I just, I just again, the, the star power, Kyle O'Reilly, he, he doesn't give me that superstar vibe. Again, great performer in the ring, but if you're trying to get people to be interested in the end of the day, it, you know... It, uh, you know, that's just what I had. Andrade, Andrade would be someone I thought, you know, he's he's been kind of fluctuating up and down since he came to AEW. He's in kind of these weird feuds and like he's in this weird, the acronyms are always getting bigger as they're part of the AAAA, NAACP, um, the TIF, CREF, whoever he's part of now. <laughs> he's just got all these acronyms and it's like, I want to see Andrade. Honestly, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. So I thought it would be a good way to, to elevate Andrade or maybe a, a, a swerve, but we chose to do Kyle O'Reilly, who's fine. But in terms of star well, power, not necessarily the thing. But, but see, okay, so just, just I know we don't want to spend too much time on this, but we only got one show to review comparatively <laughs> to the two that we normally have. But, you know, you have Darby Allen here, right? I, I would say Darby Allen has, has that, the thing where the fans would have been interested, right? Mm-hmm. Daniel Garcia, Tony Neese, Lance Archer, no. But then Eddie Kingston was all, also in this. And the people have been behind Eddie Kingston in different ways. And I understand that he and Moxley are friends, but doesn't that add intrigue? Right? Because you could see Eddie Kingston possibly winning. Like, when it, when it came to Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly, you knew Kyle O'Reilly wasn't going to win, right? You could possibly see Eddie Kingston beating John Moxley because they're technically around the same level as what you would see. Darby Allen would be the underdog going in there, but he's a babyface, right? You could at least root for him. 
Ricky Starks, Jake Hager, Ray Phoenix, Swerve, and Keith Lee. Again, I know that you want to see the big things for Swerve, and I'm not against that. I just don't think that they're going to do anything with a lot of those guys. You know, Ray Phoenix and, and Jake Hager, you automatically knew they weren't going to win this thing. Ricky Starks, and like I said, it, they're, they're just not going to do anything with those guys as far as that level. Silver, uh, uh, I can't think, remember the, the Takashia, is that his name? I can't remember. I mean, he just got there. Max Caster, Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn. Like, he knew none of those guys were going to make it to the match with, with Moxley. And then Andrade, like, I don't know. I mean, he's not interesting. I mean, they, they keep trying different things and nothing is working. And at some point, you got to ask yourself, is it the company? Is it him? Because, I mean, it's not like as a company, they haven't gotten other people to the point where people like them as a personality and, and are interested in what they do. We're not talking about people's abilities right now. I'm just talking about can AEW build interest in people? Absolutely they can. Are people interested in Andrade? I don't believe so. So how can we get him to that point? Because he's, he's literally one of the best wrestlers in the world, literally. But, okay, but again, I keep saying this. They're all, again, the, the, top, the top 30 people in the roster, right? If you just went with the top 30 people in the roster. Yeah, I know you have some people who are, you know, new. They're, they're trying to make their way. They're trying to find their way. You have people who aren't that great. But if you just look at the top 30 people on the roster, on the roster they're all good wrestlers. They're all athletic. They can all do the same stuff. There's nothing that, that makes him above anybody else in the top 30. You know, I, 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 guess, that, I guess that he has he has history and he has family and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, man, like, they're all athletic and they can all do the same type of style matches. There's nothing that separates any one person as far as, wow, this is the absolute best of the best of the best. None of this does not the case for any of them because they're all at the top thirty. They're all that. Yeah, it's just I'm just I'm just so surprised that you know you've put he's put. I mean I don't know how much what his payroll looks like, but he's invested in so many guys, and it's like the only star that I really believe he has honestly is like Moxley, Darby. Um, I know you're going to debate that, but Moxley, Darby. Uh, I'm not debating Darby. I, I think that they. I think that they've established Darby Allen as a reliable person that people want to see. I'm not doubting that at all. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly like some of the studs, but again, that's just my personal taste. So I'm not going to take away from, you know, the fact that they've made this guy into somebody that people like to see. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but let's let's move on down the line real quick because we I know we can stay in this part for forever. But yeah, then they throw in this thing called the All Atlantic Championship. Everybody was expecting, from what I saw, the way it was telegraphed, I was expecting it to be the uh, trios titles. But then they throw out a random title no one expected or even thought would happen. Um, and uh, we know that Japan is not in the Atlantic, <laughs> but it had or, Buddy, or China or China. Yeah, it had. Buddy Matthews, Pac, Ethan Page, Miro, Malachi Black, and Pinto Escarado, um, and two folks from New Japan. So that'll be the inaugural um, tournament that they're doing for that title. The title definitely looks amazing, no question about it. Um, and you know they couldn't say Intercontinental because WWE has the titles to that. So um, yeah, so Pac. I mean, New Japan has it. New Japan has the Intercontinental title. Oh really? Maybe it's something I mean, to do with the United not- States property, like something to do with like territorial rights or something. I mean, maybe, but they defend that intercontinental title here in the U.S. too. So, and you know, Tony don't want to be—he—he he, he want to be just a little bit different. He don't, you know. I get what you're saying. He could probably—I'm I'm pretty yeah. sure he, he probably could get sued for the name, but I'm saying he—he he wants to be different. So he called it the, the All Atlantic thing. So title looks good. Was confusing. I'm like, okay, I thought trios were right around the corner, but Pac beats Buddy Matthews in the tournament. Um, Pac, who again, who first when he first AEW first started, I thought he too would be very high on the card. Excellent, again, excellent wrestler, uh, things of that nature. But uh, he, he did get the win over Buddy Matthews, so and he and he moved further. Then he also had Will Ospreay come down the line. What are your thoughts on the Mid Atlantic or, or not the Mid? <laughs> what is your thoughts on the All Atlantic Championship Tournament in the title? Do you think it's? We talked about this last night. Is it two titles too many? 
And I gave you, and I had argued that with you last night that the Attitude Era had quite a few titles. Um, and I think this is just par for the course for AEW. Your thoughts? Now, now, now I will say this. They have too many belts appearing on television, like the Owen Hart, the Ring of Honor, the, uh, you know, they have a lot of, ran, uh, the FTW, they have a lot of random belts for people who don't watch AEW, not sure what the product is. I could see where a person is confused if they have all those different belts. Like, what does this mean? But what is your opinion, Randall, of the, of the tournament, well, the title, and all these belts? So, more, having, having a lot of belts, visible on the TV, I don't have as much problem with as far as like the Ring of Honor signings, right? He owns Ring of Honor. That's his company. He's already got the belt, right? If you already have the belt and and you don't have TV, until, until you split off Ring of Honor to something else, if that's even the plan or possible, then use the Ring of Honor belt as, as assets, right? Use those belts. But I mean, you have these three belts that you just acquired over the past, what was it, three months or so when, when Ring of Honor came onto uh, AEW television. Now you're like, okay, well, we're going to get another belt. Why? 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 Why do you need another belt? You have three belts that you could, you have new tag team titles, you have the ROH title, the Pure title. Has the Pure title even been defended on AEW television? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're showing Will or you to win it, mm-hmm. so use it, right? Yeah, I think they so, might have had it once. I'm pretty sure it once. Right, so, but, but see, you know, the thing is, it's like, I, I understand what they're trying to do as far as, like, we're 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 a worldwide company. We're working with other companies. We're trying to show the fans goodwill because we're going to work with AAA. Hey, look, here's the AAA tag team title. Uh, Omega had a AAA title at one point. Oh, hey, Hey guys, look, we're friendly with New Japan. Y'all like New Japan? We like New Japan too. Here's the, the New Japan, the IWGP US title. We have all these titles here. I mean, it, it does get to a point where it's like, okay, you're getting a belt just to have a belt. When we when we were talking about the Attitude Era yesterday, and I'm not saying that the Attitude Era was perfect and that people should go and, and strive to model things from the Attitude Era. But, I mean, for the most part, prior to the merger with WCW, there was the world title, the intercontinental title, the European title, the tag team title, and there was the, there was the hardcore and the light heavyweight title. I don't think that we, we look at the hardcore title and think that that was the title that was seriously defended on, on a regular basis. Um, it was more of a... Of a, of a TV time filler comedy thing at a different point. And then the, the light heavyweight title, you know, it was prominent for maybe a year on television until it was regulated to like C shows. Yeah. So we don't, we don't want to exactly replicate those aspects of things. So, I mean, you have the TNT title and it's not like they've been doing a good job with the TNT title over the past few months. So That's true. I don't know if this is the right time to, to, to go and introduce belts, especially when the week before, right after your pay-per-view, they couldn't even have a women's title on the TV because they had so many other things going. And, and just the last thing I'll say about belts in general is, look, you got three hours of actual television. Mm-hmm. You, you, you got to understand, that means that you have so many segments per week. If you, if, are we going to get to a point where every segment is a title? There's a champion in every segment. Well, doesn't that dilute some of those other titles in there? You know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that they need to be careful because they're they're getting to the point where the the way that they find to to to, to get fans interested is, hey, we're going to turn the lights up. We're going to debut somebody. Uh, we're going to have a gimmick match on TV. Hey guys, you having it? There's going to be something big on TV. There's a gimmick match. Ladders. Uh, blood and guts. Uh, somebody's going to fall from some high heights or something like that. And uh, oh, hey guys, we got another belt. Hey, look, there's another belt on TV. They those those things can only last for so long before they start to have the mission returns. Very true. Yeah, it, 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 and you know what? Let's be honest. Tony Khan. I mean, he had a curveball. He got Brian Danielson is injured. John, uh, you know, uh, CM Punk is injured. MJF going off the rails. 
I could I could only imagine the amount of you know how he changed his plans and what he had. He had he, I'm I'm pretty sure he had the summer of punk ready to go. You know what I mean? So to have to change plans and have all those different things moving, no doubt. But the show reflected that frantic energy. If if it reflected the 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 all over the place nature of Tony Khan at times. And and we talked about how Tony should really have a booking team. I know he doesn't like the WWE writing system. It doesn't have to be like the WWE system. He can have maybe a room of five well respected veterans like um, you know, um uh, uh, Dean Malen- like a Dean Malenko, you know what I mean? Like a Dean Malenko, like some other people that really know and understand how to put matches together and understand what people really can do. There's quite a bit of talent of uh William Regal to really help put these matches together and uh, and book these matches appropriately um, in a way if that... Nothing it, else, mm-hmm. If nothing else, they should have quality control. Exactly. So even, have, even if Tony was like, everything I say is, is it goes, but at least they can have another voice to bounce off and it just looks like that. It doesn't look like that's necessarily happening. Necessarily happening. Yeah. So, you know, he, he, eventually when you get so big, you're going to need writers. Tony's got a lot on his plate. He's got a professional soccer team. He does football operations. He just bought Ring of Honor. The dude is burning himself two ways to Sunday and is showing in the last couple of weeks on top of the pay-per-view. He, I mean, he has, he has to make this adjustment and he has to make it soon as possible because we cannot continue to have on national television where you want to present the best product when you got Discovery, Purchase, you know, and Time Warner doing deals together. You have to have the best product. You have to bring in more people. You have to, the product has to elevate. It's been three years, Tony. He's got to, you know, at this point, uh, you know, if you don't, you, you got to trust people. And you know what? I know he had beef with Eric Bischoff and he's not friendly with a lot in terms of some, some of the stuff that people have said about him. But there's some great minds in this industry that, that aren't hired that could be very useful to him. So we'll see. Well, but, but see, AEW as a company as a whole, one of the, one of the, the, one of the instant things, the instant gratification things that they did was, um, you know, they rebelled against everything. They were the rebellious people. So they were doing things that people didn't think they should do. And yeah, you have a certain segment of fans who like that rebellious spirit. Oh yeah. They're, they're, they're not selling anything because who needs to sell? Everybody knows this isn't real. So we're just going to do things our way and we're going to make a mockery out of a bunch of things. But the problem is, is that that's only going to get you so far. And at some point, they got to learn to listen to those people. You know, I'm not I'm not here to take sides. I, I agree with different people about things, but like, you know, there's people who have traveled the roads who can tell you, "Hey, man, watch out for that tree. There's a tree in the road there. You you should probably look out." And and Tony's like, "Nah, man, I'm going 70 on this highway, and I'm just going to go keep going. I'm gonna stay in this lane and." If there's a tree, oh well, surely I can take care of that tree. You know, that's that's the mentality they seem to have because they don't really seem to 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 listen to people who know better at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, it's yeah, you you can't be a one. You you got to be open to it. And this is the thing that didn't help Tony. He became, um, you know, he became. You know, Booker of the Year. He he from Dave Meltzer. So, you know, no doubt he's he's feeling himself, and he's like, look, I got some of the rookies of the year. I got you know uh, some of the rest. You know, yeah, some of the top and that, that, that stuff that, that stuff don't matter to the people that it needs to matter to. Right? You mm-hmm. can you can pat yourself on the back by getting awards from Meltzer, who again I don't know anything, but I would say has a pretty good. Um, desire for AEW to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell that just based on the way that the reporting's done. I mean, just analyze the analysts. But, you know, when Meltzer's like, oh, yes, this is the best ever, and this is great, this is great, that don't mean anything to the to the licensing companies that they're going to try to do deals with. Nobody cares how good of a five-star match is. The question is, do you hold the people's interest who you need to hold the interest for? That's are the, you? Are you? Hmm? And that's the thing. He has super. He's such a super interest. Um, he has such a. He's such a super fan. Um, he's such a super fan that 
he can't look outside of his own things. Like I watch wrestling tapes. I like New Japan. I care about the new ones. He has to be able to understand the broader context of who he's presenting to. As, say as much as you want about Vince McMahon and the and the McMahon family and the WWE and how bad, you know, just how you know hot and cold some of their stuff has been. Um, but they understand that you do have to meet a mass market. And even though they don't necessarily always do it right, they've been doing it for 40, 50, 60 plus years. And they, you know, uh, they got a formula and I'm not saying Tony should do that. I'm just saying he should know that, Hey, yeah, maybe I should have embraced the black audience more or Latino audience quicker. Maybe when big swole did bring up some concerns, maybe I should have been a little bit more open. Maybe I should when, when, um, when uh, West Side Gun comes to the shows, or or you know some of the guys in Griselda, um, Griselda come out to the show, you know, um, Conway, you know, I think it's West Side Gun that comes out a lot. Um, maybe I should embrace hip hop culture instead of just trying to be this weird indie quirky bro type wrestling promotion that only really appeals to like nerdy suburban white men, you know. Um, it's it has a it, yeah, and they'll see that the, they'll, they'll see that when it comes to the. To the renewals of the contract because the, the, the brand is follow, I was just saying if you follow the stories you'll see that you know take away whatever this fake storyline stuff with MJF or what is what the, the news reports that the influencers out there want want people to hear about mm-hmm. look at what is what you actually see when it comes to discovery and if you go to like the corporate websites or if you go to the press releases and stuff they have or the, the trade show stuff, like they're not talking about AEW the way that the wrestling fans who like AEW are talking about them. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's going to reflect when it comes time to sign again because they might not be so gung-ho on some of the stuff they see because they, the, the people from Discovery have a different eye than the people who, you know, initially signed on to TBS. And you know, they, they're like, hey, we're trying to make money. And they were letting Tony get away with murder. He was doing, you know, blade jobs every week on national television. You know, Tony was getting away with murder. Honestly, he was like, hey, try this. We love wrestling. He got good relationships. And Tony was like, I'm going to throw shit at the wall and see what happens. And, um, he, and he did. And a lot of it's a good portion, honestly. <laughs> You could see from Europe, for me as a full as an AW fan since it even was created, from the beginning to the now up until probably the early part of this year, you could see a lot of good things happening. Where they're like, oh, I see the momentum, I see where they're growing. But then Tony kept getting people and getting people, and the roster get getting bloated and bloated and bloated and bloated. And some people deals are coming up now, some people deals are not. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a lot. He has over 110 wrestlers. Um, I'm pretty sure at one point I remember back when he first started he was somewhere between 60 to 70 at this point I'm pretty sure he's somewhere close to 100 um, if not more probably closer to the 110s 120s and so when you have on the roster yeah oh it's like 100 it's like 120 or or a little bit more than that just a guy there's also like 20 or 30 women on the roster exactly so when it first started he had like a good 60 plus um, which is pretty solid, but again, he needed some people that need seasoning, and, 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 and he needed that, and he bolstered it up. Now he's gotten to the point where he's overbought the market, and it's like, how do I get all these talented people on TV? So you know what? This is why the trios division makes a lot of sense for him to do that, because it allows more people on television, they still get work, and they can win pursue something. It's another thing to tune in for, and something that you can build to and, and build stars from, like, you know, whether that's you know, whether that's the BCC or, you know, some other groups, you know, but um, it's at this point, you know, Tony's really going to tighten up. And and even as a black as a black watcher, he's, he's going to have to really reach out. He, he, he's doing some community outreach. Um, he's, he's trying to do better. He's definitely hired some black people <laughs> recently. But at the same time, I really want him to fully embrace the culture. I really feel like AEW, if, if I try to use it as a brand, I feel like it's a suburban indie. Like it's like. I feel like I'm hanging out at like, huh? It's a band. Yeah, it's like a band, like a garage band, like an indie band. It's like. No, 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 no. Like vans, like the shoe vans. Yes, like vans. Yes, exactly. AEW is vans, whereas WWE is like Nike. Yes. You know, um, and and so it's like, yeah, vans are dope. I love rocking some vans. They are cool. They make some great shoes. But it is a certain type of culture and thing like that. And it's like, how how are you going to be more welcoming to other cultures? And for me, it's like. 
you know, when I look at the audience overall, it is, there's definitely some people of color and Latinos, but it's like, you're, there's been numbers run. You're, you're missing out on a huge part of the black market, bro. Embrace hip hop, embrace the culture. He's tried to do the, 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 uh, the, the, the black, how, uh, the music for the black history month, which was dope. Um, and I think he needs I to. I looked at the hard cam. I saw two black people in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it is that part of the country world. What is that? Uh, something independent Kansas Missouri? City? Yeah, I thought it was independent well, Missouri. It was, it was, it, okay, so they kept saying Kansas City. It was an independent Missouri, which is like, an, uh, it's basically like a suburb of Kansas, Kansas City because they, they can't go to the big arena. They can't go. I, I don't know if it's still called the Kipper Arena anymore. They can't go there, but they went to the uh, to the one around, you know, the the nearest one around. But um, yeah, there's there's plenty of black people in Kansas City. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. I mean, I'm a East Coast guy, so I didn't know where black people typically try to live. Like, so you're saying in in, in uh, I know I know Kansas City got black people, of course, all major cities typically, but I didn't know how far from the city Independence was. It could have been like two hours. It could be rural. You know, I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't. They may have been like at a college arena or something like that. But yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it it's basically like right there. Yeah. If just I just want to say, if Tony, he's really just going to have to say, hey, look, like you said. Quality control Delegation These are beautiful parts of leadership Just like he has to work on his Twitter Responses and stuff like that Delegation You don't have to do every single thing You know what I mean um, yeah. So it, Hopefully he gets it together soon Because if he doesn't It's going to be tough sledding And I know that they love him They renewed the contract for like two more years I think But um, The product the last month Has not been the best At all so well, this show, this contract expires some, around 2024, like beginning of 2024. So next year is a big year. Huge so. year. So they're going to have to, yeah, Jade need to be undefeated for 30 years. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we hop into after the Atlantic match, we go to, uh, you know, we already talked about that. Hangman Adam Pay, uh, well, Osprey did come up from, for people who know who that is. People, again, most people in the audience. At home, I'm, I'm trying to figure out people. I know who Will Ospreay is because I'm kind of a nerd in some ways in the wrestling world. And I've heard a lot of good things about him. He's considered one of the best wrestlers on the planet as well. But again, the average person clicking on the TBS is going to like, who, why should I care about this dude? You know, but again, Will Ospreay is a big name, but he's very much, if you're hey, like. Let me, let me say, I've been watching wrestling for 30 some years now, what, yeah. 34 years. I know who I know. Will Osprey's name couldn't have picked him out of a lineup, um, exactly. and the other people that that jumped FTR and uh, Trent, I don't know who they are. But again, I don't follow New Japan. You know, I don't have that type of past. So, um, and I would imagine that there's a lot of people like me who kind of know about some people out there, but you know, I don't I don't follow it because I just don't have that type of time and, and type of uh, you know, investment to look and see, find every single thing with New Japan that I can find when there's enough stuff here. I'm content, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, man. But hopping over to Hangman Page and David Finley, what's your thoughts on that? Um, why wasn't Hangman Page in the Battle Royal? Just, to, just I know he says in the front, in the, in the, the promo after that he wasn't in the battle Royal, but why this very convenient for him not to be in the battle Royal. I mean, he, he just lost in the title match. It's not like his record was bad, right? He had, he lost one match and now he's not in the battle Royal, but John Silver is, as you pointed out. Um, it didn't, it doesn't make any sense. The match was fine. Again, I'm going to say that pretty much about all their matches. It was fine, but it doesn't, I, I want to know why they wouldn't have thought, hmm, maybe it would make sense to put this name in the Battle Royal. They could have done this angle next week. They could have done this angle on Rampage. Yeah, um, and, again, and again, like, no one... Okay, first of all, most people didn't even know that was his son. You know, they, they had to really explain how he's been great. And no doubt, he's a great wrestler. It was, it was, again, he's a wrestler, he's a wrestler, he's a wrestler. We get it. But it's like... First of all, if Hangman just lost the title, he's supposedly your world champion. First of all, why is he really going toe to toe? Even though David Finley is a well, a well respected wrestler, why is he going toe to toe for so long with your former champion? It kind of, in some ways, it could devalue Hangman Page. It shouldn't, in my opinion, it was too competitive. It, it went too long, you know. Um, 
it didn't help Hangman, in my opinion. He barely, it looked like it basically from just overall watching, he barely beat him. Well, that's the case that they always do. I mean, I, I always make the argument when it comes to Hangman, when he was feuding with Punk and they were leaving some matches, and it was like, okay, well, you just went 20 minutes with a guy who looked better than you during the match when he faced uh, the, I can't remember his name, Jeff Neves guy that he faced, who was in the Battle Royal. But, you know, it, it, I understand that they want to make everybody look good, especially with Finley. Okay, you're not on AWTV, but people know, you know, we know who you are, so we're going to make sure that we show you the respect that you deserve, but that's not what you need to do. Like, they have to be able to separate the differences between how they personally feel and want to do stuff for people versus what's good for them as a television product. No question about it. Hopping down, we had a, a impromptu. You know, Adam Cole calling himself a franchise player. Um, okay. Again, he definitely a great promo. Definitely a great wrestler. He, he's been, he's honestly been delivering on both sides. It comes to star power. He is, and he's the total package. I just see a little bit more of him than I want to, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, he's, he, he, I mean, he's, he's doing his thing. He is, he's definitely entertaining. I like his promos. I like his physicality. But I really want to hop over to the Marina Sophia challenging Thunder Rosa. Marina Safir, the last time we saw her, she's losing to, I think she lost to, didn't she lose to Jay Cargill not too long ago? I think so. I think so. How the fudge monkey is she hopping into a match with Thunder Rosa after taking the L to Jay Cargill? It doesn't make, it did, made no sense. It literally did just, uh, go ahead. I guess they can say that she had an open challenge. They did, but she, she said it, to be there. But if they're, then the rankings are like, you just can't pick and choose when you want the rating, rankings, in my opinion, then. Well, but this, this all goes to the different things I think about when it comes to wrestling TV shows of what I'll call the modern era where where wrestlers are like, oh, I want to fight you for this, and oh, I don't think you deserve it. Well, who gave you the authority to say no, and who would give, this, who would give the authority for this match to happen as a yes, right? If, if there's too much of wrestlers just challenging other wrestlers, and then it just, oh, it's official. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. And it especially doesn't make sense when you have you know, in this situation, we're talking about somebody who's probably not even ranked in the top 10 saying that they want a, a title match. And somebody's just like, yeah, that, that sounds good. It also doesn't make sense when people, you know, uh, well, it, it, it doesn't make sense logically that a promoter would allow somebody to wrestle in a match 20 against one. Um, what, what kind of promotion is that? Is, is that where we just allow that type of uh, uh you know, odds against somebody. That doesn't make any sense. But, hey. Yeah, and then the, the fans seem like they really weren't into it. It's like they kind of were into it a little bit, but then they kind of weren't. It, the energy was just weird. And Thunder Rosa, you know, she apparently, you know, in back, she's apparently upset. Yeah, she wasn't. She hasn't been getting the amount of time that she deserves to be on television. But we talked about this on previous episodes. The promos, the personalities, there's something missing with her. Maybe she can... She just needs to do short and sweet, short and sweet, short and sweet, short and sweet, short and sweet. She does not need to be given Cody Rhodes type promos. We talked about this before. Short and sweet and go kick ass. Short. Maybe she needs to be more badass or something because, you know, as great as a worker she is, unfortunately right now, the rain is kind of spotty and that's to be, you know, and it's trying to be nice. And as much as I respect her as a wrestler, I want her to get the light that she deserves. I want her to get the shine that she deserves. I want her to get the acclaim that she deserves. But on a promo side, in, in that way, in the charisma, sometimes it does come off a little clunky. Some, it seems a little, she has it sometimes, and she doesn't. It's like, it's really interesting, you know. But I'm not going to, we're not going to, you know, jump down her throat at all. Just just some, some you know, things there. Then we had... Um, Basically, uh, Wardlow explaining why he wasn't going to go in the tournament, which didn't make sense because because CM Punk is not there. And he wanted to wait for him to come back. That doesn't make sense. If the title is the most prized prize, doesn't matter who has it. You want to take it off of him. I thought it was a cop out. Um, and uh, what, are you, what was your thoughts about him saying that? It didn't make sense. It, it was nonsensical. This this was this is what I would call see through booking. Where look, I get it. You don't want to put Warlow in the Battle Royal because you don't have plans on Warlow being in the match at Forbidden Door. So you don't want Warlow to get eliminated and then you don't want him to get beat by Moxley. I get it. But you, you, you can't just give this, this dumb 
reason, and I hate to say words like dumb and stupid, but this was just an egregious thing for me <laughs> where the person is saying, the, the, the person is like, oh, you know, I, I passed on being in the battle royal. It sounds like a kid who's trying to get out of, who's trying to make an excuse up on the fly to his parents. Yep. Oh, I, I didn't want to be in the battle royal because, you know, CM Punk is our champion and, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I want to beat him. I don't want to get the belt until I beat him. But it's like, well, if you're the interim champion, you would face him for the for the championship. Hey, here's a, here's a question. What happens if somebody else, let's say Moxley, uh, wins the interim championship and then you face with CM Punk? And let's say hypothetically that Moxley beats CM Punk. Well, now, Warlow isn't going to beat Punk as champion. To me, that kind of gave away what the end result of this is all going to be. You're telling us that CM Punk is going to be the champion, and the person who will probably beat CM Punk is going to be Wardlow, but it's not going to happen anytime soon, and that, that wasn't the immediate plan, you know? Because otherwise, Wardlow just sounds very stupid. Like, I don't want to be the champion because this other guy who's hurt is the champion, even though he's still the champion, so I don't want to have the other title that guarantees me a shot of this guy. doesn't make any sense at all. And, and it's just like, look, like I said, I understand they want to protect them. Hey, how about this? How about this? As stupid as this is, to me, this would have been better. Warlow could have been entered into the battle world, right? Warlow's music hit. He starts to come out. And then all of a sudden, the police are there to arrest this man for all the assault that he has done on all these security guards that are suing him. Again, I know that there's a difference between civil and criminal, but somebody could have said that he did all this stuff and got him arrested. There's the visual of Warlow being arrested by the police officer. You see Mark Sterling and, and somebody else is behind this. Warlow has fleas. The fans can boo at Mark Sterling. Instead of this stupid promo that they do here where it's like, hey, Warlow, tell you what, you can either take this lawsuit or you can face this guy 20 on one. Yeah, it it, it it was a terrible cop out. I was like, you might as well not even um said that. I was like that and actually in some ways it makes the borderlow seem kinda not like like you either gonna go get it or you're not. Like like maybe he should have been working for MJF Yeah, he can I mean if you if you if you can't figure this out. Yeah, yeah. So then um you know, apparently Scorpio Sky is injured too. <laughs> just it's the year of the injuries. The last month, WWE, AEW injuries are just piling up, um, like crazy. And yeah, uh, anyway, apparently we're gonna get a twenty men versus Wardlow, which is ridiculous. And then we got three man ladder match next week with the Hardys, Jurassic Express, the Hardys. Who asked for this? <laughs> who 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 asked for this? <laughs> Why? Yeah, and and the young bucks. So it's like, first of all, the Hardys are dragging their body after putting themselves through hell over the last month. Jeff Hardy, I'm surprised that he's still in one piece. He's been going. He's been he's been doing. I've never seen literally. I've seen him do more big bumps than I've seen him do at WWE in quite some time. The dude has just been doing breakneck things, and it's like I respect it, but at the same time, slow. Your role. This is a pay per view thing. You build something like this to a pay per view. You build the rivalry. You don't give this away on TV. In my opinion. So, no, no. Not only did anyone ask for it, not only is it nonsensical, but at the same time, it's something. If you were to do this, if you want to really pivot off the ladder match and history of the Hardys and their capabilities and the Young Bucks and the whole the, the, the Luchasaurus and everything else and and um you know Young Jungle Boy. You do it at a pay-per-view. You build up the story enough. You build the rivalry, they, you know, and from week to week. And then you make it a big deal because we know the classic TLC matches were historically some of the greatest things of all time. And, of course, they're not going to be able to do it in the same way, but you still can bring the, the respect. And the Hardys at this time, they should be special attractions. They are not something that you're just going to throw away. Two men that you're just going to throw, or wrestlers or performers that you're just going to throw away on regular television. So I have a big problem with that. Um, Jungle Boy seemed to be confused by it, so maybe they're still trying to, um, 
you know, twist the turn about him and Christian. Um, I look forward to that match. I can't wait for Christian and him. Really? Oh, yeah, I'm excited. I want Christian to be a, a super heel. I think he, he he's what AEW needs in terms of heel. He could be a great heel. Now, let me ask you a question. How many times have you seen Christian Russell on AEW television in the past? Especially this year. How many times do you think you've seen him wrestle this year? Maybe once or twice. How many times have we seen Jeff Hardy wrestle? A lot. And Jeff Hardy's only been there, what, three months? Yeah, like two months, two, months two, two months and a half, yeah, almost three years. So, so, so he's wrestled almost three months and has had like ten times as many matches as Christian has had. Um, and Christian's been signed there since last year, right? Mm-hmm. Why isn't this the reverse? Yeah. Why isn't Jeff Hardy sitting out more? It's, these, these are the things that are nonsensical to me. Christian, there's no explanation as to why he's not wrestling more often. But they have him on TV. He's a presence. He doesn't have to wrestle that often. Dang, doesn't really wrestle that often. He wrestles more than he probably should. But I think even he's wrestled more times than Christian on TV. That's true. This year, maybe Christian's hurt, but, and he's, they're just using him as a as a as a. You know, I don't know what's going on, Christian. It hasn't been any rumors of him being hurt, but you're right. He, he hasn't been doing. And honestly, with the type of thin, how thin they are at the roster, at the top of the card, and not saying thin because they can build. There's a lot of people that I could see that could be elevated to the top of the card, like a a swerve, like a Keith Lee, like uh, like a Hobbs, like a Ricky Starks. They already have like a, a Andrade, <laughs> like a Miro. Well, I'm, I'm just getting at the I'm just getting at the point that they show that they can have restraint of not putting guys in matches for the sake of putting guys in matches. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why they put Jeff Hardy. And again, maybe this is also me, and, and this is not to hate on Jeff Hardy as a wrestler, but Jeff Hardy's never been the, the, at the star level that everybody talks about Jeff Hardy being. He's never been that for me. But that's just my personal preferences, right? I, I like Jeff Hardy. I like to see Jeff Hardy. I don't go crazy. I, I, as a kid, I never went crazy over seeing Jeff Hardy. I know a lot of people do. But I, I don't know if it's just that they think like, oh, I think some people think that Jeff Hardy's like at the top level of like a CM Punk or a John Cena and all that stuff. And it's like, he's he's Jeff Hardy. You don't have to put him on TV all the time. The more you put him on TV, the less valuable he is. Mm -hmm. But that's just me. No, I agree with you 100%. He should be a special attraction. He's a side show tonight. Harry, Harry, jump right on in. You know that song? No. I think it's sideshow. It's a sideshow tonight. Harry, Harry. So y'all can correct me I'm if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it's a song called Sideshow. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, we have... The main event. Oh, yeah. well, I guess the stuff that happened with Tony Storm and... Yeah. Well, Marina Shafir and Thunder Rosa, you kind of already touched yeah. on the match. Again, I was kind of annoyed. Again, I was annoyed. Why is Marina Shafir going toe to toe with Rosa for more than like all this long ass match? Like, Marina, you're not even ranked, and Rosa is supposed to be the champion. You're trying to elevate her, make her great. This should have been a six minute match. And again, women want more time, and, I, and they definitely deserve more time. But where Marina has been presented so far on the card. And where she has been presented so far, it doesn't lend me to believe that realistically she should be able to go with Rosa and almost beat her several times. Again, it's a weird booking thing. We, I know you want Tony wants to make the match look com- competitive and athletic. We get that. I don't know if it's just Tony. I think that it's the wrestlers wanting to do these favors for other wrestlers because they're friends with each other and they think that that's a good way to showcase people and give people their money's worth. That's the indie independent wrestling mentality. You want to do that on an independent wrestling show because, well, we're out here. We're both out on here. We want to make sure that people look at us and, and see that we can, we're both capable and we want to give people their money's worth. But that's not a television presentation. Like you should, if you're the champion, you should be routinely be able to beat people convincingly, not, not having these, Oh, I wonder who's going to win that. Especially unranked people. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, and and Tony Storm comes out to save Rosa. So and we got Jade and Stokely. Stokely gave a great pro, uh, promo. Jade looked like a million bucks. I mean, superstar. 
and I, I I need her to stop just getting the to stop just getting these little two minute blurbs. I want to see her more on Dynamite. Period. I need to see her more on Dynamite. Period. She she again. You do want to make her special, and she's a special attraction. But she looks amazing. She's a superstar. There's a way that you can you can really give her more TV time besides just these little blurbs, or just keep giving her matches, you know, and it was, and let her run through people so that her record continues um, to go up. Well, well, you know what? See, this is this is the part where I'll, I'll go ahead and disagree. She doesn't need to wrestle all the time. You mm-hmm. see her on television. She talks. She's interesting to a degree. I, I still say that sometimes when I see those promos in there. Just kind of shifting around and move, making movements. It reminds me of the animatronics. I'm not trying to hate on them. I, they, as a package, they all look, you know, they all look like they belong in that package, right? When you look at that presentation, it looks like, yeah, this looks like it belongs on television. Mm-hmm. But um, she doesn't need to wrestle all the time. And remember, she's still learning, right? She's still getting better. You want things. You want her to improve once she wrestles. So give her some. Give her some time where she can. You know, get some stuff down and, and learn from what things have gone right and what things have gone wrong. And she'll be better and better. But she doesn't need to wrestle every week. Every three weeks is, is fine. It's, it's it, as far as you know. It's not like they have a pay per view coming up or anything like that. But you know, that's what they should. They should be having shorter matches, which she typically has. Shorter matches. And let the people talk and talk people into buying whatever it is they're trying to sell. And it's weird. It's weird. It seems like the TBS title right now at this point is like, it's, to me, Jade Cargo looks like a seems like a bigger superstar than Thunder Rosa. Presentation, overall energy, aura, everything. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And it's like, of course, people are like don't rush the title, don't give her, don't put her into the title. You know, all the the really super nerdy. Well, it, Problematic and, and people are going to have a problem. People are going to have a problem with her because uh, you're going to have part of the fan base who's not going to want her to be more popular than Thunder Rosa because Thunder Rosa is a great technical wrestler and she can do this and she's that and she's worked for all these years and blah, blah, blah. And Jade Cargill, well, she only has this because she looks like that. And, well, she looks like that. And she's, she's carrying her into the bargain, right? Like, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with somebody young being presented in a way that makes them a star. That's how people become stars. And I think that there's people who become resentful of that. And, and you know, that that's going to be an issue. But Jade looks like a star. Her presentation looks like a star. She's box office. Um, She's literally box office. Did you read her Players' Tribune? No, uh, I love to read the Players Tribune when it talks about, you know, the things that she went through, how close she is into her family, her Jamaican heritage. She talks about her playing sports and how she didn't have to wrestle. I've talked about this on because we just love Jay Cargill here on this podcast. I am a stand for Jay Cargill. I am. Um, she doesn't have to. She's rich. She has money. She makes more money probably on Instagram than most people, you know, do than most people do their entire pay, you know, their 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 for the whole year. And she really is passionate. She's an athlete. She's a competitor. She's she's doing it. So all the hate that she gets and all the disrespect that she gets, to be honest, is unwarranted. Because I respect the fact that she doesn't have to do anything. She doesn't have to do any of this stuff. But she's like, I want to be an athlete. I mean, I am an athlete, a former college basketball player. And, and I think she also ran track. And I want to challenge myself. And I'm going to do something great. And she is. She is literally one of the reasons I watch Dynamite. She's one of the reasons why I watch but, AEW. But see, you know, the same way... In- and they might be moving towards this because, you know, going back to the Warlow promo, I did kind of skip over the fact that he says he wants to go after the, the TV title. And, you know, maybe that's what they're going to want to do is they're going to want to put Warlow in the, in the, the TNT title. Mm-hmm. Because both of those people are, they're, they're relatively the same. She's a lot newer. But, you know, Warlow's a guy who can go out there. He does what he does. But people like it. New, newer than other people are not. He looks the way he looks. He has a presentation that people want to see. And I think that, you know, they need to stop playing around with the, oh, well, we got to reward these people who have been wrestling for uh, 20 years and they're they're so technical and, oh, look at them, strong style, strong style. Like, mm-hmm. no, like, let the stars be the stars. 
Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, right now, it's, again, it's still the, with Scorpio Sky's TNT Championship, still disjointed, still confusing. Um, he hasn't gotten a signature in terms of trying to get his footing. Again, he's stumbling, stripling, he's slipping. I don't think that's his fault. That, that's not. I don't him. think that's it's no, no. I don't think it's his fault. I think it's the way he's been booked. No question. The dude, if you build him right, honestly, bro. About a year and a half ago, if you build him right with the right type of baby face, the right type of, uh, you know, promotional packages, the dude could be, some people could be a white meat baby face and he could be a champion. Athletic. Well, it's not even, it's not even could be though, because they messed this whole thing up with Scorpio Sky because yeah. people were into him as a baby face. And I don't know if it was them being resentful of the fact that, well, we like, we like uh, Sammy and we like Ty. And we don't understand why these other people do. It's almost like how it's almost like the WWE with Roman Reigns. Like, oh well, we're gonna we're gonna uh, just do what we want to do. And well, if we if he can't be a babyface, then he can't be a babyface either. So we're they're both gonna be heels. It's like the people, nobody was asking for Scorpio Sky to turn back heel, mm-hmm. right? People were ready to see him turn full fledged babyface when he got into it with Ethan. Ethan Page, mm-hmm. and it looked like they were about to fight. Mm-hmm. People were into that, and then he does the swerve. It was like, uh, why was that? That, necessary? that was the reaction. Yeah, why was yeah, that? Yeah, it was like, uh. mm-hmm. And the same thing with Swerve. The dude, they like Swerve House. Who's House? Swerve House. People like there. He's over with the fans. The dude has been putting on great matches. He has the charisma that you're surely missing. The dude could literally. He's literally like, in my opinion, like the Black Adam Cole in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, with more swag and locks and gold teeth, the dude is a flipping star. And the fans were like, "Who's how?" They're into it. The mother, the dude could be the damn TNT. Honestly, I could see Swerve at TNT and champion it in the right in the right situation. He he could definitely be the AEW champion. You know, the dude is box office as well, and it's so weird. You get the same thing with um. The same thing with uh, Hook. They got the, the the heat, the fire, everyone's behind them, and then we cool them down. And it's like Tony has this thing where he starts something and then he doesn't finish it. It's very I have ADHD. It's very ADHD-like. Very ADHD-like. Yeah. So anyway, before we get into a, a, a two-hour podcast, almost as long as the pay-per-view we just watched not too long ago, um, Moxley versus O'Reilly. I was not excited about oh, this match, to be honest. I'm happy that Mox won, who was going to win anyway. Again, O'Reilly's a great wrestler. Okay, we get it. But in terms of wanting to get eyeballs and being excited about a pay-per-view, I was like, okay, sure. But again, they got to understand who's hot, when they're not, and like be able to run with it. And Tony had it at first. I think when the roster was like 30 people less, he understood when things were hot. He knew how to flip it, like to flip the switch and be like, I'm going to go with this person. Now I think he's just overwhelmed. It just seems like he's overwhelmed. Well, the the roster is just unmanageable because you're not going to be able to do the things you want to do. You may have ideas for certain people, but you have too many people on the roster to really be effective in, in getting anybody to a certain place. Um, Look, this match was a match. People are going to talk about how hard they were hitting each other, and all oh, they they look at that, and they were <laughs> clotheslines and the clotheslines, and wow, look at that! And Buckshot's lariat. It yeah, it's the same. It's the same match that everybody has there. Like hard hitting and physical. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I like Moxley, and and you know I'm interested to see what happens with the New Japan side, and and I'm actually I might because the way they set it up, you know what I'm going to get the uh, the hidden door. I will get the uh, not the hidden door, the uh, forbidden door. I will get forbidden door. I'm interested in Dominion to be honest, even though I'm not traditionally a big New Japan. I've watched some New Japan, but I'm not like a ner- like super expert into that stuff. I, I'm interested in it. I'm curious about New Japan. I, I like the presentation. I do like the hard hitting stuff. So yeah, you know what? Maybe th- this got me with the title to be honest. Being that it's going to be like at, you know, the Forbidden Door, it has gotten me interested in buying the pay-per-view, and I probably will. But, uh, yeah, overall, up and down AEW Dynamite. Um, hopefully, Tony can get himself back on the tracks, um, and we can kind of get some semblance of quality, consistent booking that makes sense, and uh, go from there. Uh, what, are your final, what are your final thoughts, Mr. Randall? I just think that the, the show just, you know, it, it was like you said earlier, all over the place. You have this battle royal that doesn't feature a lot of the top guys. 
they give lame excuses to the top guys who were also on the show as to why they weren't in the match. Um, it, it, to me, this was just like, it's just poor follow-up. And it, to me, the, the biggest thing that I've noticed over the past two weeks is just how they went from having Warlow being one of the most over guys that people were interested in seeing to now he's not even the top three or four ranked story on the show. It, it just doesn't, it, I, I just, I just don't like the, the follow-up here. So, Hopefully, once Forbidden Door is over, they'll they'll have some something new, something interesting. But I mean, all the stuff now it just seems like they're just putting stuff on TV. <laughs> it really does. Well said, Randall. Guys, thanks for coming on WWB podcast. We try to be honest. We want to be open. We want to be positive too, and we try to we we want to see pro wrestling as a whole be great. We want to see the entire industry be great, and and we see the lot the potential that AEW has, and 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 WWE, and all of them, Impact, Ring of Honor. Um, you know, GCW, all these different organizations have an opportunity. It's a beautiful time to be a wrestling fan. And all we're saying is with all the talent, it's one of the most, in history of wrestling, it has some of the most talented wrestlers in so many different promotions. It is a glutton full of pro wrestlers that are world-class talent. And, you know, and we got to take advantage of this. We do in a good way. So, um... Thanks for coming on the WWB podcast. Um, thanks, thank you to all our listeners in the U.S. Thank you to all of our listeners in Canada. Thank you for all our, to all our listeners in Germany. Thank you to all our listeners in the U.K., Brazil, Ecuador, South Africa, Australia, Netherlands, India, Ghana, Bahamas, Jamaica, Bosnia, and Herzegovina. Thank you for all of our listeners across the world, and we want to make you guys, uh, you know, continue to appreciate the stuff that we put out. So. Thanks again for coming on WWB Podcast. We're out. Peace.